You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you are all doing amazing. In this week's episode, I chat with Riki healer, Mariam Ajayi. I met Mariam last year, and from a distance, I could... Okay. We can just have, like, a natural flow. By the way, Ajayi? Ajayi. Ajayi. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say your last name now in the very beginning, but in the intro, when okay. I record later. Okay. Ajayi. Yeah. Perfect. Um, hi, Mariam. Hi, Kat. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I first met you at camp. Yes. At camp... And I don't know if we really had, like, a really deep conversation, but I do remember just us seeing each other and being like, hey, I see you. Yes. I have, like, a vivid moment where I remember we were in the cafeteria, and, like, we didn't, I don't think, like, we were, like, formally introduced as much as it was just, like, a, like, I just, like, felt you, and I was like, she's a really good energy, and we just kind of, like, went our separate ways, and then now we're here. We are here. You're missing a very, very crucial part of that. Tell me. What? of the last night um the the band was playing and my friend uh who i had been doing reiki with uh we did the mini sessions um she was like i think that's billy and she was like and i was like i can't see that far away and she was like no i can feel her energy it's billy and so i was like let's go over there and go dance with billy and at the prom at the it was the the girl band that oh was the there. girl band okay yes Yes, and then I came over and I pinched your butt. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I thought you were my friend Billy. <laughs> and it was like all of the brown girls had the same braids because Yulichi was there. Yes. And I was like, you're both petite. And I pinched your butt. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, I didn't ask for consent. <laughs> I remember. It, yes, and you weren't my friend. And then you were totally like, it's okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. And you were just like, you were like, no, it's literally okay. You're like, you're so nice. <laughs> and I was like, that was so creepy of me. I'm going to go sit in a corner somewhere. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That's a very important part of the <laughs> And you guys were very wearing very similar dresses. I remember what dress I was wearing that. It was like a cheetah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, we need to sell this to Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember Billy talking to me about how much you helped her and how much mm-hmm. you impacted her life. Yeah. So I do remember. Yeah, now it's all coming back to me. Yeah, we're working together right now. She's the creative and art director for my brand. Amazing. Yeah. She's, she's just such she's a amazing. light. She's so great. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about you. Yes. I want to talk about your life. And I want to talk about all the things that have led you to the, where you are right now. Mm. But I want to start off by asking you where you grew up. Yeah. So I was born in Nigeria, mm-hmm. but I was only there until I was five. Mm. So I remember little bits and pieces of us living in Lagos where our life was just like completely different. My dad is a chief. Um, so he's like the first son of a first son and, um, we had like a very nice 
life Mm -hmm. in Nigeria. And we came to Miami when I was five and we lived there for a year. Mm. Um, And like, I remember Miami like very well. I went to, um, it was a predominantly Latin American school. My teacher is now a Congresswoman. Frederica oh. Wilson. Wow. Um, she literally taught me how to do the electric slide. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. I had like cotton candy for the first time. Wow. It was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and then I moved to Maryland where my mom's family's from. Mm-hmm. So like six, seven. And that's where I grew up primarily. In okay. Like white suburbia. Um, what I thought was a pretty liberal town, but mm. it's like very like country mm-hmm. um and my what part of maryland annapolis annapolis yeah okay. i've heard of it yeah so you see like crab cakes and football from like what is it old school and stuff like that it's yeah like really preppy and waspy but yeah. it also has like a very almost southern country side mm. to it interesting mm-hmm. hm. yeah um and like of course like now going back and there's like trump for america signs I'm yeah like, oh, oh okay yeah and my mom was raised primarily by her grandparents, my great grandparents, mm-hmm. um, and they had land, like very historical land, that my family, when we moved here, we built on top of that. Wow! So we like literally grew up where like freed black slaves were, wow. um, and the house that my gr- mom grew up on. Um, in the woods kind of in Annapolis Mm -hmm. and so even my neighborhood is called God's Country wow it's like in the woods wow yeah and how wow that's so interesting I want to I want to dive into that there's so many different ways we could go with (laughs) that I want to start off by saying from a young age did you understand like the importance of like where you lived like that whole history I think is you being able to at least even like draw it back and be like wow like i know my ancestors like literally lived on this land did you have that context growing up no no i feel like most of my life like looking back on it i was asleep and like i didn't want to look at those things Mm -hmm. you know and like was kind of annoyed that we lived in like the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. you know it's not the middle of nowhere but like away and like not in like one of those um Mysteria is it Wisteria or Mysteria Lane from Wisteria? Wister- Wister- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from um, what, Desperate Housewives. Yeah, I like wanted to live in a neighborhood like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't understand why we were living there. Yeah. Um. Now I get the significance of it, and I actually got a tattoo of um my address number and Roman numerals. Wow. When I don't know when I got that tattoo. I don't know. Somewhere between five to ten years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because but, there was a time where you learned. You, then I started you. to like, this is huge. Yeah. You know, and so I'm thir- I'm turning 33, so maybe 23. Okay. Um, I realized the significance of that. And mm-hmm. I think even like saying it out loud and like realizing it, like there were little chunks. Yeah. Leading me back. Like nuggets. Yeah. You know, wow. like this, this is going to matter to you one day. Do you think that was, like, your ancestors trying to bring you back to, like, point you in a certain direction? Yeah. And especially, like, now in this time of my life and um, I've done a lot of ancestral trauma healing Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a huge advocate of talking about ancestral 
trauma and the need for healing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm in a phase right now where I'm I'm back at home, kind of, and using my parents' home base as yeah. um, nomadic, um, and f- I feel it. I feel the the, the charge and the charge that lives there. Yeah. I've been like asking my parents like we should get rid of the land and it's been coming to me in like meditations of like get rid of the land and like let go of it. Mm. You know? Mm. Um it really signifies a lot to me now of wow. like you can respect it and honor it for what it was, but maybe it's time to start letting go. And that's kind of my call to action to every brown person that is breathing right now. Yeah. Like, what can we let go of and still honor and cherish it? I want to dig into that because, you know, like, I understand what you mean when you say um, healing ancestral trauma and, like, doing that work, like, because that's language that we use. And Mm -hmm. I have friends who are kind of, like, on the path to doing that. But, you know, a lot of people don't know what this means you know and 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 that's why sometimes it feels like such an honor to introduce a lot of these ideas to people who otherwise Mm -hmm. wouldn't have known but can you just take a moment to kind of break that down like what that looks like what that looked like for you and what that actually does for the soul or like what is it that you're like looking to heal Um, yeah yeah let's just take oppression yeah and i think we can break this down pretty simple i'm half nigerian half African American. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say that both both lineages have oppression mm-hmm. in it because of colonization. Yeah. So let's just take the African American side of my ancestors <laughs> were stolen from their land, um, put on boats, chained, and brutalized for centuries. Yeah. And then you see that pattern continue to happen um, in the modern day workplace mm. of how many women CEOs do you see in companies? How many black women do you see? Black women are, I was an administrative assistant for a good chunk of my career. Um, I've been paid less than my colleagues doing the same job as me. Mm-hmm. I'm not given the same respect and the same opportunities as some of my white female colleagues Mm -hmm. of like that oppression that started in slavery still reiterates and continues and it continues until someone breaks the the cycle. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what we call like the come up. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And to date it's been for African-American people, um, primarily in the entertainment industry or the sports industry like that's that's something that you've seen only a select few in a couple of industries do mm-hmm. and for me i believe that if we look at those things and we see those patterns it's breaking the belief that we're not good enough or we're not deserving enough mm-hmm. it's more complicated than that because the systems that are built in this world are built to oppress us. Yeah. But I think it's starting with that knowing, which I think is really, really, really hard for people of color to come to the realization that that, that they are worth abundance and prosperity. Right, because for so many, everything is contextualized through, I mean, like scarcity and struggle mm-hmm. and, you know, trauma, you know, it's, uh, 
even the people who have money, even the people of color who have money, like they still have traumatic stories of like being people of color with money in spaces that most people of color are not in. There's like within all of it, everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere that you think. Like today, I, um, I swipe my card today. And it wasn't even, like, my debit card. It was, like, a commuter card. Mm -hmm. And I still got, like, I got anxiety about swiping my fucking commuter card. You know? Because it's, like, the money's not there. Mm -hmm. I know it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this money's already gone. It's already on this card. It's not affect. Like, I can't buy groceries with it. Do you know? It can only go in the MTA. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it still, like, gave me such anxiety because even though I'm breaking away from the scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and I truly believe that I will never go without, mm-hmm. it's still there. And it's like, and, and when we talk about like our ancestors and stuff, it's like how much of it is, so it's like how much of that is learned and then inhabited in our day to day life or how much of that is like just purely based off experience. And I think, I can speak for myself here where it's like all my family's been poor, like everybody from every Mm -hmm. single side. I can't point to one person who has had a lot and how much of that mindset I inherited, even though I had more opportunity than them. It's like an inherited scarcity because nobody can reflect to you what a life of abundance is. Yes. And even it's, it's spending time with my family now and I see it especially because I went ham this year on healing stuff like that yeah of like I think it's so ingrained in the experience it's so inherited and it runs so deeply yeah and even I think success 10 years from now will look completely different and it won't be about the amount of money in your bank account I agree it's going to be like, how much do you love people? How much do you care for your community and give back, which looks different ways? How how much healing have you done? You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, I feel like we're going to all be talking about how many shamans we went to <laughs> and like brujas and stuff like that. Yes, you know, yes. it's like, that's going to be cool as opposed to like um, going to fire festival. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's gonna be like there's you already start to see healing festivals and giving back. There's like apps where you can go and volunteer for the day. Like, yeah, how rich is your life um, in that way? Yeah, and I was recently seeing an episode of Blackish where he's talking about like um, what the slaves had to do. Like, I think was it chitlins or something like that. Um, how they would see over season it and like add all of these things to it because they had the scraps yeah um left over and yeah. so they made do with what they could and then they wanted to make it really good even if it was the bottom of the barrel yeah and he was talking about it's like that's why black people over season their food mm. and so it's in little things like that of yeah. like it's the panic attack when you're swiping your credit card even though you know the amount of money in your bank account Mm -hmm. is well over it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like putting the extra salt on stuff. Yeah. It's like, shit, I've never made that connection. Yeah. And it's so true. It's like, yeah, we can just, we can go off to like a whole other place right now. 
we got into this so yes. quickly. Like, of course we did. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I should have warned you. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's, you know, so many people. And it's like, I'm just going to say this one thing. I'm just bringing it right back to you because, yeah. yeah. There's so many people don't like as we lived live in a globalized society now and our stories are being exchanged and like people who haven't had this experience are like facing our stories and like they see it now for the first time in a way that they never had to see it in the past it's like so many things don't make sense to people um and so much of it for people of color especially has been just like an experience and us having to talk about something, first of all, to each other, like mm-hmm. talk about an experience that has just been an experience and never had to be articulated into a feeling or something. Plus, then also having people who've never had the experience, like kind of witness and like the evolution of it or like ask questions when we don't even know. It's been really interesting. Yeah. We don't even have most of these answers. Exactly. And I'm like, I am very apparent. And I, <laughs> we follow each other on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I know not most things, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I'm still out here trying to learn and trying to grow. I'm going to fuck up. Yeah. You know, I don't have the answers to everything. But what I do know, I want to share it with other people. And I think it starts a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And um, the dialogue creates connection. And that's all we really want at the end of the day. Of course. And so when you look at things and you're like, I didn't know that you would go through through that, mm-hmm. you know, and like your that experience is wild. And I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm gaining more empathy for your experience mm-hmm. and something that you just said of like, why do we do things that way? Yeah. Oh, because we it's ingrained in us, you know, like it's it was passed down to us. Mm-hmm. It's actually just not real. So let's do something different. Yeah. And I think that's what freaks the older generations out. Out. The patriarchy, it freaks them out because people are awakening to the fact that, like, we can just do it another way because this way is made the fuck up. It's an illusion. Yes. It's not real. And so that's what freaks people out. Yeah. Yeah, because so many people have just did, done what everybody says. Yes. And it's like, got a got a whole <laughs> squad of people just being like, no, I'm no, doing this. It's like, you can't control them because there's no path. There's like no clear path. Yeah. So you don't know how they're going to be because they don't know how they're going to be. They're figuring it out as they go. Yes. And so like my way or the highway yeah. is like everybody's getting on the highway now. Yeah. Oprah says something of like... Um, I always talk about Oprah. Oh, me too. Let's go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, she says that she believes that every like every person is like a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and that everyone is here on their own hero's journey. Yeah. Um, my belief is that if you are, if you know your truth, first you need to find it. Um, and then you're able to be seen for that truth and then put yourself out in the world, that there's room for all of us to fulfill that hero's journey. Yes. And it's it's a very narrow mindset to think that there's only a select few people that are here to change and add to the world. Yep. I think every single person on this earth is here for a reason. Yeah. And like not everyone is going to be an entrepreneur 
you know, Mm -hmm. but there are people that will be of service to someone else's mission because they believe in it. And then they'll add their own unique profile into that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like there could, no matter if, even if all of us are like on our own paths, it's, it's never, there's always going to be enough space. Always. Always. And there's going to be enough resources for everybody because we're not all here to do the same thing. Yes. And we need each other. And we all need different things. We need different things. We're very nuanced people. Yeah. Whatever that may look like, honestly, like if your passion is like you're into kinky stuff, there's people in this world who need that to be happy. And if you don't follow that passion, (laughs) somebody's going to be like, I need somebody to like do whatever. And it's just like, you better go do that. Whatever it looks like for you. Whatever. Exactly. As long as you're not hurting anybody. Exactly. And it took a while for me to to get there Mm -hmm. um and like i working in the corporate world i was like as long as i'm good at what i do and i'm getting to a certain level like who cares what's going on yeah you know what i'm saying and then having to realize like if i'm serving people that are actually doing the world harm i am doing harm yes yeah i want to go into so i want to go into your whole journey of like coming to understand all of these truths that you now hold so deep so like you know for most of your life like you worked in the corporate world right Mm -hmm. so it's like in different in different areas you were kind of just like very rooted in like you know doing your job like kind of climbing up the ladder and just like doing being good at like doing good in your career yes but at what point did it start to switch where you woke up to the fact that like that is not all there is to me and I actually care about something else way more than I care about my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, that had to have been around 27. Okay. Um, and I was working at a DC lobbying shop. And that's what I was just like, I'm on the right path to set myself up for being on some Forbes list. Okay. Or even like the Washington Post fuck like I'll mm-hmm. take that you know <laughs> it's a good outlet yeah. <laughs> um and it was kind of like everything was falling apart um and i was like extremely extremely depressed and didn't have like a word for that at mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and um was just like getting in fights with my friends i wasn't speaking to my family at the time and i was just like actually miserable at work mm-hmm. like very miserable um, and had a really crazy client situation that they put me in um, that I just felt so uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was morally wrong what they were asking me to do um, and the the purpose that we were working towards. And I had tried to voice my opinion about that and it was kind of like, well, it's your job and you have to do it. And... It made me just stop in my tracks everything I was doing. There was like a moment? Yeah. It was the client that I was on. Mm -hmm. It was being told that I kind of just had to do it. Right. You know, and like what what harm that that could do to people's lives. Yeah. And you, you have to look at like you're just sick as a whole, right? Yeah. If you're like you just lost one of your best friends... You know, like, you're in toxic romantic relationship after romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. You're not getting along with your community or your family Mm -hmm. of, like, something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sick. Yeah. 
yeah. you know? And I had to kind of like break out of my pattern and I went to go work at a law firm to get out of lobbying. And I eventually moved back home and I thought like moving to New York and working at a law firm like that would be, that would help me. Mm -hmm. And then realize like, okay, I'm still working for these big corporate companies, just another, like making 10,000 more dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. like. I, I can keep doing this yeah. every year. Yeah. And it was kind of like, there has to be more out there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put my finger on what that more was. And I had a colleague um, who I say it's the best advice I ever got. She told me to go travel the world, that I didn't have kids yet, that I wasn't with a partner. I had nothing holding me back to live in New York like I had been trying to do. Um, and so, like... That was the first time I ever manifested something. I found a startup job that I could travel a lot for and move to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that passion that I had never had before that I think started to light something underneath me of working for a company that wanted to do social good. Yeah. Or claimed to be doing social yeah. good. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, if you could help someone attain their dreams you're actually helping people. Right. And then it was like that inspired me so much that I could be a part of changing people's lives for the better. Right. And I took that job in 2016. Um, And it's not because the job didn't change my life. It was my decision to start working to something above myself, greater than myself. And then that was like once you, you know, you you moved to New York and you start working at this company for a while then did that then open the door to like going deeper yes Mm -hmm. because then then it was just like finding myself in some of the same patterns Uh uh-huh like personal personal patterns Mm -hmm. and then the same situations at work of like someone telling me to do something i'm not uncomfortable with and like why do i keep finding myself in these situations Mm -hmm. and then i started doing a lot of yoga i loved a studio at the time that was down the street for me and um suffered from a lot of physical pain so i think that my awakening happened through things that i was manifesting in my body to wake me up got it And so that's when I started seeking alternative medicine to help solve for some of the physical issues I was having. Okay. Um, A lot of lower back pain, a lot of neck pain. I had a car accident. I was in a car accident when I was 12 with my mom Mm -hmm. and got whiplash and always just thought, like, it's something chronic that I'll have to take care of. And it was something I was, like, walking around my neighborhood in Williamsburg. I was like, there's something else that's going on. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking up massages and then found Reiki and saw the word shaman for the first time. Yeah. And, like, just took a chance and went to go get a Reiki massage cleansing from a shaman at Awakening in Williamsburg. Um, and it was such a profound, beautiful experience. I had no idea what the hell had just happened. Yeah. You know, it was like, we chanted. She, you know, she told me all of these things. Yeah. You know, like, she rubbed some stuff on me. Yeah. And I was like... She massaged me, but it was way more than that. Yeah. Um, had a cleansing shower afterwards in their space. And it was like I, the world was completely... I stepped into a different world when I walked out of that 
place. And then what did that do for you moving forward? That was just like, then I was like, I wanted Reiki, you know, and then I started looking up spaces that were having Reiki, that Reiki practitioners were practicing out of, Mm -hmm. and then looking at some of the events that they were doing, and that's when I found breathwork. One Friday night, I was like, I don't really want to go out, you know, like, you know, New York. Yeah. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> Exhausting. Yeah. And then, like, you can't, you don't want to just sit in your apartment it's like, staring I don't want, at a wall. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be away from people, but like, I can't do that again. Yeah. And then it's like, it's too noisy to just sit inside. And yeah. you're like, I can't go to bed at seven o'clock yeah. on a Friday. Um, and then ended up just going to a breathwork circle. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa and the amount of stuff that came up even before we laid down to breathe and i'm telling us a strange room of 30 people like that i'm afraid to take up space Mm -hmm. and i take up a lot of space but i've always been told that that's good or bad and i can't i never know and like being seen is really hard for me Mm -hmm. like to truly be seen I feel like no one has ever seen me Mm -hmm. and I was just like I can't believe I just told these people that and now I'm gonna lay down and do this thing called breath work yeah and then the release that I had in that was just again another profound moment yeah and then it's like I wanted more and then I ended up just starting being drawn to going to things that were nourishing my soul. Mm. I went to a Valentine's Day event um, on Sober um, Connection. Never heard of it. It was, um, it's a Club Soda. It's uh, Biet Simkin and Ruby Warrington have Sober Curious oh, events. Oh, Ruby. Yeah. And so they had a club soda event on Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go meet some cute guy that likes meditating. Yeah. But it was all about self-love. So when I found out, I was like, fuck, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. And then it was like, I literally was like about to leave. But then I was like, this is going to be an interesting talk. You know, it's funny now because now I have relationships with half the people that were sitting on the panel. Look at that. Um, and the eye, we did an eye-gazing exercise with a stranger, or whoever was sitting next to you and I was sitting next to a stranger. And that woman and I ended up exchanging phone numbers afterwards, and now she's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that event, Erin Telford was sitting on that panel, um, and she practice, practices Reiki and breathwork, and she was an acupuncturist. And so I had scheduled an appointment with with her afterwards because I was really just drawn to her aura. And I got Reiki from her one-on-one, no massage, just Reiki. And it was like all of this pain that I had was gone, and I was like lit up, Hmm. like lit up. It was unlike any experience. It's like she sparked something. So it's like up until this point... It's not like you grew up with this stuff. No. Like you had this language. You had a ton of friends. It's like you kind of stepped your foot in, and then you're like, oh, I want to see more. And then you just got really into it, and you started to see all of this around you, and then your body started to change, and your experience of the world started to change. Yes. So then at what point did you th- did it hit you that you were going to be a facilitator of all of this for other people? Yeah, so out the bat, the woman that I saw at Awakening, I wish I knew the exact date of it, but she told me I had healing hands. What does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, 
if you want to, or she said, like, one day you'll be doing this for people. Mm. And I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah. Okay, what you just did was weird. <laughs> You're lucky that I even, like, dipped my toe in this. <laughs> you know, and then, like, it was still, like, reeling from the experience. I yeah. didn't really understand. Um, and then Aaron, again, was someone that was like, have you ever thought about doing Reiki? And I was like, yes, I'm here. I'm doing the Reiki. <laughs> and she's like, no, like, practicing. And she's like, it's just something to think about. Why did she say that? Because I think it's like... She could just sense she it? She could sense it. It depends, right? It depends on if someone's a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're um, clear sentient, clear... Uh, what is it clear voyant where they like you just know where you see things mm-hmm. um Aaron's not a medium but um I think she's one of the Claire's mm-hmm. and I think she just knew yeah um she I I think that she is a knowing being mm-hmm. she knows things mm-hmm. um I had a reading done by Lindsay Mack. So then I'm like, okay, Reiki, breath work, metaphysical, let's fuck with some tarot. Yeah. And I'd heard about Lindsay Mack on Instagram and all of this stuff, her brand Wild Soul, um, and booked a reading with her. And the things that she was able to tell me, that was also healing. Mm. And then she was just like, one day you're going to be sitting next to me and not across from me. And you could be doing this too. So I think that was a couple of months after I was doing Reiki and breath work. Mm. And I had an understanding of tarot that it's like spirit guides and the universe. So again, something we're leveling up at this point. And it's like, okay, I can't ignore this anymore. Right. And then I had another flare up of physical pain where I went to a Western doctor who again sent me to look within she sent me to a somatic body therapist which i was just like you can't get just give me some meds Um, (laughs) cool Uh, i guess we're going back in and then saw um two beautiful healers back to back and had a moment when i was out like 6 a.m in new york and sitting around and like i was like i don't want to do this anymore Uh, your job been being places I shouldn't be at 6 a.m. dancing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, I was just like, I've been going through all of this change and seeing things differently and seeing beautiful things, seeing ugly things. Mm-hmm. Ugly, not ugly, scary things. Yeah. And I was just like, but I'd rather do that than this, you know? Yeah. And so I just was like, I'm done. I literally just like literally got up and I was like, I'm done mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. And I'm done with being scared of myself, my power, of knowing, of awakening. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm going for it. Yeah. And then I got my Reiki one a month or so later. Like, Is that like, um, you have to take like a course? Yeah, you yeah. have to get an attunement from okay. a Reiki master. Okay. And it was supposed to be a class and it ended up just being me and the teacher. Oh, wow. So it was like a very beautiful, it was like a ceremony. Yeah. It was like, and it was storytelling and it was a fellowship between two women and it was so beautiful. And after my Reiki one then, it was like, I started doing many sessions on friends here at the wing in Dumbo. 
nice. you know yeah <laughs> doing trades and like being like or you can give me 25 dollars. yeah <laughs> but then it was like then that's when i realized when another healer was just like you're a psychic and you're a medium and i'm working with people and having messages come through and after one 30 minute session with someone them telling me how profound that was i was like i want to help people do that yeah and so what was the turnaround time between like i'm done with this life i'm done with living like this and you taking your first step to like actually embodying you know the ability to like really connect people on a more healing yeah so i got my reiki one in january so that when I was just like, I'm over it, was December. Wow. I got my Reiki one in January. You have to do a 21-day um, cleanse, so like about a month of giving yourself Reiki. Mm-hmm. So Reiki one is all about healing the self um, and then your loved ones, which loved ones could be to people like you've never met. Yeah. And then Reiki two is about um, healing through space and time. Okay. Um, so after my Reiki one 21 day cleanse, I just felt immediately felt called to start working with people. Okay. So I was working with my friends in around, so like maybe the end of March, mm-hmm. April. Okay. Is when I started seeing people here at the wing. Okay. Wow. So I had been doing friends here and there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing people out of the wing in April. Okay. In so the four wellness months. space, four months. And then a month later, I got my breathwork healer license with Aaron Telford, mm-hmm. my level one. And then that was like, I had launched a website in like June or July. Wow. So, I mean, like when you look at the span of all of this, it's like a very short period of time. It's, it's like, like you were just ready. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people that are listening, it's just they, a lot of people have an intuition to do something. The action is the part that gets them. Yeah. And even for me, like it happens to the best of us sometimes where we know something and we hesitate because we don't feel qualified. We don't feel like we're ready. We don't feel like we know what we're doing. We don't want to talk about it because it's just like, I can't say I do this thing. I just I just started or, you know, like there's all these people who are better than me. And it's like, I wonder for you how you came to terms with all of that because especially as you're like surrounding yourself with all of these healers who've been doing it for a while and now you're going to start interacting with people and you're going to start telling people like i can do this and you know like was there ever a moment where you were questioning your ability to like really connect with people in the way that you thought you could yeah and especially if you're working with friends first and they see you in a light like you tell your friend they're going to come in the wing and get Reiki from you and you're going to help them heal after you've been getting ratchet with them for the past, like, five years. <laughs> it's, like, a little much, like, wrap your head yeah. around. So, one, I thought people were going to think that I was crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm mm-hmm. already eccentric, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but then it was just, like, I was so afraid of people seeing that side of me that I didn't want to see. Mm. But when I was ready to be like, I just need to put myself out there. And it was something as simple of like the first 15 people I put on the email, I put five more that made me uncomfortable. Hmm. Okay. Of like, I would be terrified to see what those people thought. And it was some of those people that actually like got the first sessions with me. Wow. And so it's constantly. And then the next time I email people, I started emailing women from the wing, which I was like 
they know more of the healer side of me, you know, because yeah. I just met some of these women. Yeah. And so it's like I'm showing a little bit more of myself to these people that don't know the old Miriam and they're receptive to it. And so this inc- these increments like of like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Was it a conscious like I'm afraid, but I need to push through. And the way I'm going to push through is to like expose myself to like the possibility of being judged. Yes. That's like how you broke through all of that. Yes. Okay. And so it's like a little by little putting myself out there as I was finding my authentic self. It's a huge difference. And I was like, I'm a healer. I'm going to put myself out as a healer. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time you actually like said that? I honestly like I can't even remember. And I think that it was like someone else did it for me. Ah, because, you know, oftentimes people around people, us will see us before see the that, true yes. us before we see it. Mm-hmm. Someone called me a writer in an email introduction to someone. They said, this is Mary Majai. Um, she's a business strategist. She's a healer and she's a writer. You were just like, and I was like, wanted Whoa. to be like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not a writer, and I'm like, actually, I am a writer. I'm like, my mom will probably eventually listen to this, and then be like, damn it, because my mom is always like, growing up, you're such a beautiful writer, you're such a beautiful writer, and I was just like, okay, mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then now look, yeah, yeah, mamas, they always, yeah. know. they always know, and I would say like also especially women from the wing. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was on a member spotlight and like they had, I was like, had a bunch of different things on it. And it ended up being just Miriam is a growth strategist, growth engagement strategist and a healer. I was like, that's what I, that's what I do. Yeah. And that was this community that we've met through. I think a lot of women were like pushing me to like level up. Yeah, which is so beautiful, and that's what I love about yeah. being part of the spaces that that's what we're all just trying to do is, like, help each other come up, get better, exchange info, and do all of that. And yeah. it's truly been a blessing, I think, obviously, for both of us. Yeah, and you've, I mean, we weren't raised to help each other. No. And, you know, like, women are always pitted against each other. Um, so for me, it was a foreign concept. Yeah. You know, and I'd be like, what does this woman want from me? Right. Always, like, skeptical. It's yeah. It's too good to be. It must be too good to be yeah. true, right? She yeah. doesn't want to just help me to help me. And it's like, no, there are actually people who are so confident in themselves and their alignment that they don't want to take anything from you because they have so much to give. Exactly. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable for me to get used to. Yeah. And then I just, again, gave into it. Mm-hmm. And just, like, beautiful, beautiful support started coming in. I started meeting women outside of the wing. Yeah. That just showed up. And then women in my life that, you know, like, we had been friends for a while just started to show up in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I was showing up for myself. Exactly. And people love to see, like, it's like by you living your truth, you're giving them permission to, like, change, too. Like, oh, like, I knew how she was before, and then now look at her, and she's just, like, this is just who she is, and maybe I, w- I could do that, too. Exactly. I'm really curious to know how, um, you know, like, how you've seen your work impact women of color, particularly. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, these concepts oftentimes are kind of limited 
in terms of accessibility to people that have money and people who um, have access to the kind of to this kind of information or to you know communities that you could say white people yeah like white people (laughs) white people like mostly yeah yeah, just like mostly white women with a lot of money and just who have the extra money the resources to just like go to these really expensive retreats and go to this expensive classes that like somebody in the Bronx would never go to Mm because they just first of all they don't know what Reiki is they have never heard of it they can't they don't even know where they would go to get it and they don't feel comfortable in these spaces so it's like you know for you what 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 does that what does that look like to hold space for people of color in this way when you know so many have never had that experience yeah and i mean there's so much work to be done yeah um for me one it was important i had a private instagram so it's like making it public was a conscious decision Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very vocal about the energy work that I do myself and the struggles that I go through and um, putting myself out there as a healer. So someone, um, another half African, um, half African-American girl doesn't wait 30 something odd years. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's my hope that I can have an, yep. an effect on someone. Yeah. Um, so one, it's like putting myself out there in general mm-hmm. um, and being very vocal about my truth. I think that's the first step for me. Um, and then it's talking about it in a way that makes sense, you know, Yeah. and trying to keep things as simple as possible about what it does. Right. And I think especially with um, those of us who are of color and come from either Christian or Catholic backgrounds and all of this stuff is looked at as like voodoo, you know, and trying to destigmatize that. And I am a a businesswoman too. So I'm also like, great. If you're telling me if I do Reiki, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can get me a new job, you know, like and get me 10,000 more dollars, you know, because I'm removing like blockages that limit me, mm-hmm. you know, like let's just work it on that level. Yeah. You know, like think that's really digestible to like the average person, no matter what color that they are. Yeah. Um. So for me, it's like applying that to how this could actually help someone in their situation, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, it wouldn't be like this work is for you. So you can go spend like two, three months in like Bali, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's privilege that people don't have. Yeah. So it's like, this can help you open yourself up to other opportunities that don't oppress you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, but it's just, that's just something that so many people are just like, no, like, especially, you know, like when you come from a background of, of lack this ability or this thought pattern of like, oh, like, do you know that your thoughts can literally change your life? Yes. You know, the course of your life. I think a lot of people like find it offensive for you to be like, you really think that that's all I have to do? Like, haven't, don't you see what I've gone through? Don't you see my life? Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how do you translate this in a way that people understand? It's such, it's something that I honestly struggle with. And, um, I always say to people, like, well, with that mindset, things are going to be shitty, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I had someone say to me, of like, like, some people, like, just struggle. 
you know, and some people will always struggle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't believe that to be true. And I think it does go beyond the individual. I think that's why I'm doing the, like the work that I'm doing yeah. with working with transforming bigger institutions. I think we have to change at like a ma- micro level yeah. individually. Yeah. Right. That's when you get someone that's like, I grew up in a poor family that grew up in a poor family that grew up in a poor family. And that's the way it is. Yeah. It's like working with that individual. But then I'm also doing work on this end, like the other end. Yeah. To try and break the systems that oppress people that want to be free. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So it's twofold. I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, it's just so complicated. It's just so complicated because it's like you could only do so much and, you know, we can't really control the, we can't control all the, the, the components of life. You know, it's like there's a certain level of this that is the person, the individual. And then it's like if somebody's stuck in a certain, caught up in a system that like continuously like just, just doesn't let them catch yeah. a break. It's of course going to be very hard for them to be like, oh, like I just have to change my mindset. Although it is very important. But yeah. it's like all you can all you can do exactly what you're saying is like show up and just like just try to show people yeah you know that's all you can do that's all i can do and i always say like my door is always open and i will tell every woman especially women women of color like if money is an issue still come to me Mm -hmm. i don't care like because it's bigger than that i'm here to serve yeah and like the money will come a different way and for and then people don't show up Hmm. Why? Because it's like it's so hard to break out of that that cycle. Yeah. And I was telling someone the other day of like, if you're breaking stuff that has been ingrained in your DNA, your body, your energy, your soul through your lineage for centuries, breaking out of it is going to be really, really hard. Yes. The only thing is, I'm a savage. Mm-hmm. And it's like the inch of freedom that I felt after I came out of that shaman's room three years ago. You know, the mile that I've come right now, mm-hmm. it's so tasty to me yeah. that I don't, I don't want to go back. Yeah. And I know it's going to be harder to even go. I can't even wrap my mind around the prosperity that I'm going to be relishing in. Yep. I can't even imagine it. Well, can we just quickly shift into the fact that, like, you, you're, that that's it. You just quit your day job. Mm-hmm. You're officially doing this on your own. Yes. And you're not doing this, not on your own, because you'll always be supportive, but supported as much as it is. Like, you are fully committed to doing what you are supposed to do in this lifetime yes. and in, in this world, not connected to, you know, bringing somebody else's dream to life or working for people who don't really see you for who you are. How do you feel right now? Because that transition and that shift to fully believing in yourself is a very big one. Yeah. I mean, I feel fantastic. Um, It's like you're kissing someone for the first time and it's so exciting, but you're terrified that you're going to mess it up. But then you're like, how can I be terrified? I'm going to mess this up. You know, like, yeah, it's so exciting and slightly terrifying at the same time yeah but it's like i was looking at photos from um the photo shoot i did for my new website and i just could not believe the woman i was looking at 
I was so in love with her. Mm. I, like, couldn't even handle it. And I've written letters to her before. I've talked to her before. I've seen her in my mind's eye when I didn't believe in her before. And it was just, like, it was so beautiful to me. I'm, like, on the subway, like, about to cry. I'm, like, I love you. Wow. You know, in January, I can't believe it's almost March. I know. I married myself. And so it was, like, right after my Reiki 2, the second day, I was, like, in order to do any of the stuff that I'm about to step into, which is stepping into my self-power, I have to radically love myself. And I worked a lot on self-love, but I forgot the unconditional part. So I had to, like, go back and, like, learn that. And so I made a commitment to myself that I was going to ride or die for myself. Hmm. And I think that that was when, like, the universe was like, she ready. Wow. And I was, like, had this idea in my mind. I'm like, I know I am here to build a bridge between business and healing. That's a fact that I know to be true. Yeah. And I thought it looked with me having a certain title within a certain kind of company. And the universe was like, nope, think bigger. And so I had my dream company. It was on my five-year plan. And um, after a reading um, with one of my teachers and healers that I work with, Crow Mother, she's like, is all of that safe or are you ready to step up and level up into a businesswoman, into a healer, into an activist that like fights for what's right yeah. and to help the greater good? Yeah. And so I was like, mm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Kind of just like hit you. Yeah. Wow. And so for me, it's like it might be scary at this moment, but it's so it's so beyond me. And And I'm here to serve. And is so like if there's somebody listening and also just me, because I already told you, I'm like right behind you. on this. Um, Like, what do you have to say to to like the person who would love to believe but like is so afraid of what's on the other side of that because it's like an open book what would you say to them now that you're finding yourself in in that position to honestly push forward do not be scared because what you are truly scared of is your self power and your own magic that's as simple as it because we have been conditioned to think that we are not enough and that we are not powerful because they have seen what we can do and they're terrified it because it fucks their con up. Yeah. It fucks their scam up for yeah. us to waken up to our own power. Because then you know, we wouldn't be working for people. We wouldn't be moseying around on our day-to-day. No, we wouldn't hate Mondays. Yeah. We wouldn't like have to go to happy hour every day after work to like drink away our pain of yeah. this <laughs> terrible life. Break our backs. For nothing. For nothing. Literally little- break our backs. For nothing. Getting sick. Yes. Yeah. Treating each other poorly. That would mess up so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's already starting to. Yeah. So it's like, just believe in yourself. And what terrifies you the most is yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my yeah. god. Sorry, yes. I'm like deeply staring into your eyes. No, that's exactly <laughs> how you're like you're telling me. It's yeah. like, do you hear me? <laughs> Do you hear me? And it's like, I also say that because I'm like, I don't have shit figured out. You mm-hmm. know? I have some things figured out. But I think but that's what like, the gag is. It's like everybody thinks, I mean, people are going to look at you. I mean, people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, wow. Like, I'm glad she got honest. But like, you know, people will easily look at you and like you're launching your business and you're doing this and they look at Instagram and it's like, wow, she has it all figured out. Yeah. And, and that's, then that's and they don't relate when it's like, no, she's just like you. I mean, I did a post once about how much pain my body was in after I've been like traveling a bunch. And I'm like, I'm very blessed and privileged to have traveled a lot of places over the world. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I also am going through a lot of growing pains that affects my body as that happens. And I'll be like, yeah, but I also talked about this on Instagram. Nope. People don't even register it. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, now we're just, people are only seeing what they want to see. I know. That's the other part of it. Not everyone's keeping it real. Um, I think you're someone that beautifully keeps it real. And I love seeing your journey. Thank you. And I think that if we are all just radically ourselves and radically tell the truth and show up authentically, put, stop putting on a front. It's going to, it's spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way we're going to get through I think this so. thing. That's exactly what I feel as well. I think the perfection is literally like, it's just like making us sick. And yeah. it's literally killing us. Like people are killing themselves mm-hmm. because they cannot keep up with what they think society expects of them. And that's what they think is not even real. Yeah. So it's time to just break all of that shit down. And I'm really glad that we have people like you who are, you know, really pursuing what they know to be true for their life's calling and not letting fear get in the way because this is bigger than you yeah like people need you yeah you know and you're not getting in the way of being able to serve which Mm -hmm. is a blessing um i want to receive that yeah (laughs) because it's true it's true and it's just i feel so grateful every time i meet somebody who is like doing the work that our world needs and is not getting in the way of that because so many things could get in the way of that if Mm -hmm. we let it and it's like it takes so much courage to do what you're doing Thank to you. um yeah to just like deny all of that and just say that's that's none of that is real yeah and you can see what is real mm-hmm. so i'm grateful for you oh thank <laughs> you <laughs> um so i want to shift gears a little and jump into some rapid fire questions with you yes about like you know your things and what you love to do but um let's start off with uh what is your favorite time to create morning noon or night um I was going to say in my dreams. Um, I would say night. Night. Yeah. Okay. Um, It's like nighttime when I should be going to bed. And like early in the morning, um, I'll usually get a lot of downloads in the morning. That makes sense. Okay. And downloads are just ideas. Yes. What is your favorite dish? My favorite dish? Oh, my God. Oh such a loaded question well one i love mango sorbet i'm not a dessert person because i have a lot of food allergies okay um i'm allergic to gluten shellfish nuts and dairy okay so usually restaurants or like gluten-free desserts are trash or you know um but i had mango sorbet in berlin like in i went in may 
and I can't stop. What? I love it so much. And then also just like any meat dish. So, I mean, like, what's your favorite kind of meat? Oh, my gosh. Bacon. Uh-huh. I love bacon. I used to work it for a cattle farmer mm-hmm. um, when I lived in D.C. And so he had the best, best bacon ever. And then steak. I just had an amazing steak at St. Anselm. Mm-hmm. So good. I've never heard of it. It's in Williamsburg. I oh, lived okay. in Williamsburg for like two and a half years, and I never left the neighborhood. So now when I come back, I just need to go, go to Williamsburg. And like do things there. Yeah, creature yeah. of habit. <laughs> <laughs> what is one book, movie, or podcast that has deeply impacted your life? Oh my God. Book, movie, or podcast? Podcast Super Soul Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's that's the that's the true gem right there. Yeah, and it's just like to see successful people and how spiritual they they are and what they've grown. To see spiritual people and teachers and having that information for free really helped me in a time where I felt like no one understood me. Yeah, mm, I love that. Uh, what is your favorite app? My favorite app. Instagram. Yeah, I love Instagram. it. <laughs> oh my oh shit, my basic. No, no I love it. No, whatever. I mean like, Instagram is whatever you make it. Yeah, exactly. It is. Uh your favorite self care routine. Uh travel. I love that. Solo answer. travel. Mm, I love yeah. that answer. Is there like one place in particular that you that really struck you? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, probably the place that I'm gearing to move to towards the latter half of this year is London. Mm. Um, I just feel so at home there. Um, and I think that it's a it's a posher New York. Um, there, You can take a train and be outside of the city in somewhere that's quiet. There's a lot of history there. Um yeah, it makes me feel at home, so I like going there. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. And if there was one message that you could get out to the world, what would it be? It's a message I always leave people with. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I love that. So true. Yeah. That is a gem. <laughs> um, I'm sure everybody wants to follow you and like maybe, you know, like book some sessions and stuff. And um, if they wanted to go check you out online, where can they find you? You can find me at at Miriam Ajayi on Instagram um, or my company that I'll be launching in a couple weeks at in.dagba, D-A-G-B-A. And my website is miriamajayi.com and my business website is indagba.co. Amazing. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Um, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. This has been so great. We've come so far. We have. Ram, we have so much more to go. I know. Um, I love you. I love you too. Thank you. I'm honored. Likewise. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I truly had a great time recording it. Make sure to follow Miriam online and hit her up if you are in need of some energetic alignment. I love reading what you all think about the show, so please take a few moments to rate and review this episode and the podcast. If you want to hear more of this content, head over to my Patreon to gain access to exclusive weekly episodes, blog posts, and more. I'm sending you lots of love, light, and good vibes as always. We will chat next week.